Did you take a look at that little business proposal of mine? I don't know, Needles. What are you afraid of? If this thing works, it'll solve all your financial problems. Unless you want everyone in the division to think you're chicken. Nobody calls me Chicken Needles. Nobody! All right. Prove it. All right, I'm in. Okay. Do you have a vulnerable point in your life? That's from Back to the Future Part 2. And, of course, that was McFly. What's his first name? Oh. Marty McFly. Marty McFly. My husband's here with me. He helps me out with the show. Actually, I wouldn't have a show without my husband. He's wonderful, wonderful. And, um, and that's Marty McFly, obviously, with needles and being... Uh, manipulated into, actually, it's his own doing. Uh, he's got a vulnerable point with chicken, which is cute. That runs through the show. And at the end, he doesn't get taken in anymore. You know, there's a rule of thumb when you have really young ones that you should have no more kids at the party than the number of years they have. Now, you could have some family and friends, but in terms of friends, uh, buddies for the little ones, if they're two years old, let them have two little playmates. If they're three, they have three playmates. You know, you could give or take one or two, but you don't overwhelm them with 20 playmates at that age. You make it small and simple so that they can truly enjoy the celebration to the extent that they're able to at the age of two. I mean, they don't have the awareness that a 20-year-old has, obviously. So listen to what this uh, emailer says. This is from uh, Susie. Dear Dr. Kenner, my grandson recently turned two years old. His name is Andy. I attended a birthday party where the parents, his father is my son, got him a two-story blow-up elephant to jump in. I don't know if you really mean that, Sue, but two stories. I mean, I'm sitting on the second story right now. And if I'm two years old looking up at a two-story blow-up elephant... That is huge. That is huge. If many people and little ones were at the party, well, I assume you need to fill the elephant, right? So huge amounts of presents, both big and small gifts, filled the center of the room. I saw his mother, this is obviously your daughter-in-law, instructing and helping my grandson attack the gifts with gusto to rip off the paper and as quickly as he could get the wrapping into the trash. Okay, no, he probably enjoyed the wrapping more than the gift itself. There were so many gifts. I felt overwhelmed by the whole situation. Isn't there a possibility that, that my grandson's development will be affected negatively by such events and displays of excessive materialism? How can I convey my thoughts to them, your son and your daughter-in-law, without causing a family feud? Thank you, Sue. Sue, there is absolutely a chance that your son can be pulverized by what they're, uh, your grandson can be pulverized by what they're doing to him. Because we're talking about values. We're talking about gifts as meaningful, not gifts as just something, tokens that family members bring to, I don't know, pay off debts to the mom or to show up one another or even to express gratitude. But it's too much for a two-year-old, way too much. We all max out at a certain amount, even if I, uh, you think of your own Christmases, if I'm given too many gifts, it's like overwhelming. I can't even appreciate the very special ones. So values typically, values are something that we act to gain and keep. So a kid earning money to buy a bike, which my daughter did when she was younger, 
that bite becomes very meaningful to that child my daughter in this case, it, very, very meaningful as opposed to aunts and uncles buying her all the top bikes around and having 20 in the, you know, in her, in our garage. What kids learn from that is the world dumps goods on them. They become entitled. They expect that. And what will this look like at the age of 15 or 17 or 20? They'll, they'll, they draw premises, core ideas that you don't have to do anything in life. You just smile and giggle and people throw gifts at you. That's the way the world works. Well, that's very damaging. So the second point is, how do you let your son and your daughter-in-law know this? Well, assume that they were well-intentioned. Maybe your daughter-in-law just never had parties growing up and she saw other people having her friends having big parties and so this is very meaningful to her so first what I would do is listen to your daughter-in-law ask her what she loves about this did she think it went well what drawbacks did she see because she may already say god this was the biggest mistake I ever made next year it's a small party and then your work is done she already has the answer because she saw the damage that it was doing already. If she doesn't see the damage, then draw her out more. Ask her more questions. Can you see any problems with this in the future? Um, would you want him at the age of 16 to want, you know, a computer and a, a car and the rest? And work with her. Not, Don't make her into your enemy because then you'll close off ties with her. Then you won't have access to your son or your grandson. You want to work with her to help show her, help her see firsthand the damage that this can have. Um, if she just thinks you're complaining and picking on her, then that won't help. And you can talk with your son too. I know my kids love selling pumpkins and earning money. They grew their own pumpkins, sold the pumpkins at a little fair and earned the money. They would take their used toys, that, I mean their own toys, and but if they had too many in their room, they would sell them at um, a July 4th town fair that we had. We'd buy a table there and they would have a blast selling their toys and of course running over to the next table and buying two or three more toys to replace it with. Uh, but somehow we always ended up with fewer toys than we brought there so that was cool. And they loved learning how what a trade was about with other people rather than just the gift being on the receiving end of, of getting too many gifts at the age of two. So I hope that helps you out. Now, here's an email. Oh, gosh, I don't know that we'll have time to do this. So what I'll do is I actually will handle this. And I'll tell you this briefly. How about that? And then I will take this up in more detail on another show. What happens if a mother starts to lose it and she tries to take the two, uh, the children, she has three children. This is a mother at the age of 44. She's got three kids ages 17, 21, and 22. And the kids get along with one another. And normally uh, you want, the parent wants to keep the kids together and is very happy when they all get along. But this time the mother insists that they don't like each other. The mother is really losing, really losing it here. And what I would suggest to this email, or, or I will actually um, cover this in much more detail on a later show, is that her mother go to a hospital and to see if there's an organic process going on, because this has only been going on for four years. So I suspect that there may be either a brain tumor, either the mother is highly manipulative, and that's possible. But if this wasn't the way the mother acted for the rest of these the, the siblings' lives, um, 
that and it only happened in the last four years and the mother's doing really wacky things where do you hear this i will do this on another show so stay tuned then um but the, she'll open the door she'll walk in she'll start yelling at the boyfriend she'll be telling all sorts of lies about you at work telling you making up stories absolute nonsense stories um and then making, you know, one sibling not talk to another, I won't talk to you if you talk to your sister, and just really trying to be totally destructive. I would I would suspect that there may be some organic brain problem going on here, and I'd get her to a medical doctor first. I'd also check what medication she's on or have her doctor check that, and also to make sure there's not a hidden alcohol problem uh, because that could be going on also. But a mental health checkup to bring her to a psychiatrist too wouldn't hurt. I'm doc- Of course, you can't bring her if she's your mother, but maybe you could seek some advice from a psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm Dr. Alan Kenner. You've been listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. With the Great Courses Plus video learning service, you'll get unlimited access to the world's greatest professors. History, science, literature, even how to cook or take great photographs. Start your free trial today at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. How do you make yourself worthy? Genuine self-esteem comes from relying on your power to think. Here are some examples of what that means. Taking rational action to pursue your values, not being paralyzed by fear, doubt, or guilt. Is there something that you really want in life, some rational value, but are afraid to go after? Taking conscious pride in the achievements you have honestly earned. Do you ever feel unwarranted guilt about a genuine achievement or about your moral virtues? Developing your moral character. Do you lie when it's convenient? Do you routinely break promises? Working to understand yourself. Are you afraid of looking into your own mind? You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.